everybody. Welcome to another episode from the Burnout Brighter crew. I have Matt with me. I know it sounded weird because I was like thinking like what I wanted to call you guys, but I have Matt with me as always. And I have Darren. Hello. And this hello. is our special mental series that's about powering up yourself and giving you lessons and tips on how to help yourself during the holiday season and coming out of it because mental health is important. And it's one of our cores that we've always talked about, which is why we decided to do a mini series solely focused on it. And today we have the amazing Lindsay, who I'm so thankful for taking time to come onto the show and talk with us today and you guys about building up your self-confidence and how to deal with having low self-esteem. Lindsay, again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being <laughs> thank on. You, thank you. I know you. it's like, listen, when I came up with this idea, I had no idea how many people would actually come on and like give some of their time. And it's such a mm -hmm. special series to us. So again, I'm probably going to say thank you like 50 times, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And let's get started. <laughs> Lindsay, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Like what got you into counseling and kind of like what it's been like since you've been been doing it and how you feel like you can help people with game? Because I know a lot of people are a lot of uh, counselors and doctors that we have on are using gaming in a way mm -hmm. that's helping uh, other people. And I think that's incredible. So can you tell us a little bit about how you go about it? Yeah, so I'm a little different than than most people that you talk to that do counseling because I'm actually trained as a school psychologist. So I work solely in schools. Um, I'm actually not even licensed to do um, independent practice um, okay. because of my degree and in, in the way school psychology works. Um, I've been a school psychologist for about 15 years. I've practiced in Illinois and now I'm in Colorado. And um, what was really interesting about moving on to Colorado is that in Illinois, my job was traditional school psychology. So I did a lot of systems work. I did a lot of um, evaluation for special education. Um, and I really didn't get to do a lot of counseling. So then I started in Colorado and it was like, oh, here's a caseload of 50 kids. And I'm like, okay, I have to figure out what to do with all these kids. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Lindsay, we, meet the deep end. Go ahead. Yeah, just jump right in. <laughs> um, most of whom speak a different language than you because I'm also bilingual um, Spanish. Okay. So my, um, my first school here in Colorado was very heavily um, English language learners, Mexican-American families. Um, so I really just had to kind of throw myself in and figure out what was working. And what I, what I grew to find is that the box programs we have at schools aren't necessarily interesting or fun. Like if you think of that, that meme of Steve Buscemi going like, Hey, fellow kids, <laughs> like a lot of them feel like they're written for by older people for kids. So right. like, they're right. so dorky. Like they try to like throw in rap songs about feelings. And I'm like, oh. I'm like okay, <laughs> that sounds very no. cringy. Oh, I just, yeah. part of me just receded into myself. I just felt like the cringe wave over my body. <laughs> yeah. So I really started, <laughs> I really started like, okay, well, instead of doing like, we'll still talk about these topics, but instead of doing this program and having the script I'm reading off of, we're going to play some board games or we're going to, you know, we're going to play Uno, but like the colors are going to be feeling answers. And then I started finding mm -hmm. more of the cooperative games. So I started playing more like Forbidden Island um, 
Or there's a really cool one for elementary kids called Mole Rats in Space, where you're little tiny mole rats, and you have to get to your spaceship and get all your supplies and avoid some snakes. Um, And then I found Geek Therapeutics. And and it was kind of like, oh, like, this is what I've been trying to do. Um, My big pandemic Mm -hmm. project was I taught myself how to DM for D&D for my friends. Um, Amazing. So I had never played before. I jumped right into DMing. (laughs) Um, Nice. And then I'm like, oh, I really want to do this with my kids because what we work on is problem solving and communication and decision making and keeping our cool when things don't go our way and and working through that. I'm like, well, this is everything I do in a session Uh as a DM. Um, So it's kind of grown from there where I started taking the geek therapeutics classes and um, started running uh, D&D groups with my fifth graders last year, and I've expanded it now to my fourth graders and my fifth graders. Um, my huge project right now is I'm doing a whole class D&D with a class of 19 fourth graders. Wow. Um, that's because, intense, but I yeah, love it. Seriously. Uh, because I can't, like, I'm not going to run a game for 19 people. Like, that's stupid ridiculous. Right. Um I'm training five of the students to be DMs. So then they have their session on Mondays and then Fridays we go in and they run their games. Um, We're using the starter set so they don't have to create their own content and they have Mm -hmm. kind of rules and simplified things right in front of them. Um, And you would be so, so, like, I just got off, like, I'm still on the high from yesterday's session because they love it and the teacher is thrilled because she wanted to do something different than them just playing like minecraft for schools or being Mm. on their screens or playing computers on their free playtime and every single student is looks forward to it all week every single student will come up to me at some point during the week and being like are we doing D&D today or this week (laughs) um they all. I bought them all their own dice set, so I've started the addiction process with Aww. dice with them. That's incredible. <laughs> Start to build um, your three hundred start- dice collection. Yeah, Sorry, three thousand like, maybe. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about like my. I have my cool little dice bag right here, so like I even have like a nice. That oh, is adorable. That's that so is cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like, they're starting, like, I had one kid today, uh, yesterday, be like, don't call me that name. I am Bella today. So they're starting to, like, respond only to their character's name and really get into character. Um, I and then love that. I can't, like, I can't get them to leave school afterwards because they're like, do you know, she tamed a wolf and this is what happened in our session. So, like, it's been so fulfilling to see kind of, like, how they work through problems and how, like... I can tap into leadership for my student DMs and just how much everyone just loves it. I think that's incredible. Go ahead, (laughs) Matt. Yeah, no, I just think that's, that's super interesting, especially the way that you've not just brought it to the students, but then involved them in the process of running Mm -hmm. it as well. So I actually have a quick question before we move on, because I'm super curious about that. Did you identify students who, you thought, okay, they would be great DMs, or did you look at it as more of like a scenario where like these students, this might help them as a learning experience, as well as, you know, so, you know, through something in your counseling sessions that kind of led to it, or was yeah. it kind of like a volunteer? Like, how, how did you kind of go about just working with those students in the first place to get them to become DMs? Because I find that super fascinating. Yeah, and I, I really wanted to avoid 
favoritism or the teacher picking the students that like, because those are the kids that always get picked, like the nicest ones or the most well-behaved ones. So I actually made it an application process and they had to write me a letter saying why they would be good DMs. (laughs) I love that. I like that. Um, And then I, I was planning on only having four groups, but five students applied. So I'm like, oh, like I can't just cut one student. Right. Um, so then I just took all five students and then it ended up working very out very well because there are students in the group that are struggling readers. There are students in the group. Um, there are actually two students that their families play D&D. So like they're super, super familiar with it. Um, mm-hmm. I have one um, African-American boy who's the oldest in his family and really cares for his younger siblings, but he's a little bit squirrely most of the time. And mm-hmm. um, he's actually my best DM. Um, hell yeah and he was one i was like okay like this is gonna not be cool anymore pretty quick and he is just he's he's into it he supports his players he he asks for help when he needs it he's just the best out of the group um and i thought he was going to be the one that was like no i'm sick of this um but he is just amazing and then um i have a girl that's um lgbtq um, that applied. So, I mean, I think it's really strong for her too, when we go through like a session zero and go through what our boundaries are and what you want from your players and what you expect from your players. Um, so it, it ended up working out just perfectly. Um, one of the DM's fathers also plays and he got really excited about the project. So he comes in and helps run on the Fridays when we're all running. Um, And then my speech therapist is um, one of my good friends and she comes in and helps when she can too. That's so cool. I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm so amazed about is like not even thinking about it, but D&D is such such a diverse game. It's such an inclusive Mm -hmm. game. And Mm -hmm. I think I would be super excited if I was in fourth or fifth grade and you're allowing me to create my own character and then act out this character and then it's all part of the game. And Mm -hmm. it's incredible that your school allowed you to bring that in. Cause I, I know when I was going to school, that would not have been a thing. Like we, yeah. they would have been like, yeah. nay, nay. So I yeah. love that you're, you know, kudos to your school as well for what? <laughs> kudos to, your, cut me off guard. Oh, nay, nay. <laughs> kudos to your school as well for like allowing you to go in mm-hmm. and use something that you also really enjoy. And I'm sure that's transferring to your students. Like you're excited about it. So they're also picking up on that. And that's really, really cool. Yeah, I I love that. And I really appreciate that I got the chance to try. We did, like, I was a little bit afraid because, like, when I said I started playing, my mom was like, isn't that a little dark? (laughs) And then when I tried to explain it to my principal, she's like, I don't know. Um, And then Mm -hmm. just, just, like, talking about some of the aggression or violence in the game, like, you are fighting monsters. But, like, when you frame it as we're fighting monsters and one of our rules as a group is um, we don't, there's no PV. VP. Like we don't fight each other. Um, so, so that kind of really sold it. I was expecting to get some of our permissions back or get some parents back being like, no, I don't want my kid to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really haven't like, Oh, that's none of them. And like 90% of the parents, when I get to talk to them are so excited that their kids are playing this. That's, That's amazing. So good. And mm-hmm. the fact is, is that with D&D, you can kind of cultivate it, right? So that yeah. it's not so negative. So I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's really great about it. Um, before I jump into the next segment, Matt, Darren, did you guys have any questions? Darren's a huge D&D player. <laughs> so 
I, I wanted to give him a chance to ask anything if he had any questions. No, see, the thing is, you've already answered <laughs> all my questions. I, I, I think I think that D&D uh, uh, is such an inclusive thing. You took the words out of my mouth, Destiny. Mm -hmm. Like, the, I, I, when I... I'm, my, I'm sorry. <laughs> in, in the Dungeons and Dragons group uh, that I'm in, uh, I play with, like, a very diverse uh, group of, of people. And um, mm -hmm. the best part about it is being able to explore parts of yourself, maybe, that you didn't know about mm -hmm. or parts of yourself that you don't normally get to express through the safe space of being another character. Uh, and it's like, mm -hmm. it's very empowering and it's very like freeing. And I, it's incredible yeah. that you're doing that in your school. Yeah. I see that a lot with my fifth graders cause they are getting to the point where they're kind of exploring identities, um, figuring out who they are and, and it's just, it's, it's nice to get my, my fifth grade group is a smaller group. It's just two students, but like, it's nice to have like the one kid that had his background already a hundred percent worked out, like before our first session. <laughs> and then, um, and then the other, the other girl who is like, oh, like I can do this. Like, this is what I'm like. And like, oh, I wouldn't like her verbally processing, processing through. Cause she, she chose a rogue who's a little bit on the, on the chaotic evil side. Um, being like, oh, like, yeah, I'm going to wait for you. But while I'm waiting for you, I'm going to go do some highway robbery. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and just like their little personalities coming out. And it, it's so fun to see where they, they, they grab things from because they talk about they talk about Gravity Falls and they talk about Stranger Things and all this media now that portrays D and D, um, and then they bring in their own interests from their anime interests and like at my groups last year I really had to stop them from using all the the Naruto sp spells. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, I used my fire shuriken and it did 3,000 damage. I'm like, you can't just do that, guys. Like, <laughs> This is a Rasengan-free zone, everyone. No Rasengans allowed. I love that. Yeah. No, I well, do. That, that's so incredible. Like, one of I, the students last yesterday played, played the whole game in Kakashi cosplay. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yes, Kakashi is they, yes, though. They I did. can't even, like, be upset about that. I no, love that he character. Is. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to say uh, really quick before we moved on is like uh, all of us uh, were teachers at one time um, in South Korea. So like it's, okay. I know it must be super rewarding to see your 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 kids so engaged and um, it, it must be like, yeah, like just so rewarding to see your kids engaged in and, and having a really positive outcome. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to know, like, from from a teacher's perspective, like, what do you kind of want to do moving forward? Like, are you hoping to just get like more kids into it? Or is this still like something that you're like testing the grounds on? Like, do you mm -hmm. have any more ideas for what you kind of want to do? Is it going to expand from D&D &D? or mm -hmm. just are you going to keep it more like like this? Um, I need to increase my confidence in my DMing skills um, just because I'm fairly new to it. Um, I, what I want this group to move towards if we finish the starter set module is, is kind of creating their own content and see, okay. seeing how that goes. What I really 
my next goal for this is to be able to collect some data on the impact of this for the kids and the teacher and the classroom community as a whole to Mm -hmm. be able to bring this to um, organizations and cons and and conferences to say, we don't have to stick to something like second step. We don't have to stick to something like zones of regulation. This is effective too. And these Mm -hmm. are effective ways you can treat kids too. Um, That's really my next goal is to get that data set and figure out how to collect that data set when everything is kind of so fuzzy and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-quantitative. to be able to convince like the National Association of School Psychs to be able to let me to present that at a conference. Well, I hope that you're able to do it. I know, actually, I know you're going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, I'm so happy that you are going about it the way that you are, because I really hate the idea of one shoe fit or one size fits all. And there are, Mm -hmm. there are so many different ways that we can approach um, helping children. And the idea, I don't, I don't know why that's such like a foreign idea to a lot of people, like mm-hmm. what works for one student's not going to work for everyone. And I think just with the parents' responses and your kids' responses, like that is going to show them that like, look, we can mm-hmm. do it this way with things that they're really interested in and um, help them in ways that you never thought. Cause I think when people think about video games, there's still kind of like this stigma that it's just mm-hmm. for entertainment value, not yeah. really for anything else. So yeah. And I, I do do a lot of that too. I've had a Wii in my office for the past four years. Um, and we do a lot of Wii bowling. Um, cause a lot of my kids, I also, I, I also, um, on my caseload, I have the kids with, um, cognitive disabilities and autism. So I do a lot of gaming with them because it's very hard for them to kind of interact with each other. Um, and I also, um, because I was lucky enough to get the OLED switch this year, I, instead of selling my old switch, I brought my, my old switch into work too. So Amazing. we have a switch, <laughs> we have a switch and a Wii and um, we have a PS3, but it's not hooked up yet. And I don't have my games for it yet. Oh my God. I love <laughs> that you're using your personal things to help these kids. Like that's yeah. incredible. Cause I know so many people who are so like about their video games and their, Oh my god. That's oh yeah, so every time sweet. we go to every time we go to a used game store, I'm like sifting through the Wii games to see like what I can get like they all want to play Pokémon. Pokémon games resale are still so expensive. Oh, yeah. Um but I find things like, you know, Kirby's Epic Yarn for $5 and that has really good Perfect. co-op. Um finding yeah. a really cheap uh little big planet has good co-op. <laughs> um uh I had a kid a couple years ago who was very like kind of the quintessential uh, nerd video game collector at fifth grade, <laughs> where he was like, nice. "I only like, I only like Pikmin two for for the GameCube," and like okay. that's really ex- like. <laughs> um, but like you know, again, really resistant to talking about feelings. So like, I'm like, "Oh hey, I found this copy of Pikmin two. Like, let's bring it in and play it on my Wii." And then for the first time, I'm hearing him like, oh, like, I need to let you have a turn. I need to like, so those kinds of things are just, they're very anecdotal, but like, it it goes back to, if you think about therapy, it goes back to client-centered therapy. Like you're, you're meeting them where they're at. So, Mm -hmm. so that's what I see as most effective with them. And it's really not traditional how we do it. No, it's not. But I mean, like tradition's not always the way to go. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to think outside of the box. Um, so we're going to jump into our next segment. But really quick, before we do that, if 
someone wanted to maybe donate games to you to 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 build up your arsenal is is that possible because i definitely have a bunch of wii games that i don't even play anymore and if i wanted to send them to you for your kids like is that a thing i could do uh yeah i'd love that like eddie and yeah <laughs> All right. Awesome. Anything I could do to build up my my collection and like the stuff I use with my kids for sure. Because right now, like my kids get really frustrated with me because my, my the Switch games I'm using are my personal games. Okay. okay. So, so I'll forget them at home and they'll be like, oh, we wanted to play Switch today. I'm like, I know I forgot all the games. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. You know what I would really like afterwards? I'd really like to talk to you about possibly getting games that like if you could make a list of games that you think would be great for your students because I be mm -hmm. I really believe in what you're doing and maybe it, getting some game codes or something for you so that you can use them in your counseling for your kids because I think that's absolutely incredible and I'm sure Matt and Darren would agree with me like we we have some connections and I would really love to help you as much as possible. I would appreciate that so much uh, and like uh, extend that too to any D&D &D materials that that you think that Absolutely. I could use because man, I spent a hundred dollars on uh, on starter sets for the kids. So I'm saying you bought everybody dice. I know that yeah. was probably expensive. The yeah, dice right? were the cheapest part because you can get oh, really? like because on Amazon you can get like twenty sets of dice for like twenty three dollars. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. So if you just look up dice lot sets on Amazon, you can find you can find it for the dice were the least expensive thing to do. Okay. Well we're gonna wow. help. We'll yeah. figure out how to help and we're going to help <laughs> because I want I want your program to, I wish we would have had something like that. So if there's anything that I can do to help um, mm -hmm. further everything that you're doing, definitely. So we'll talk more after uh, the okay. show. But moving into our second segment, which I have delayed like five times, could you give us some information on self-esteem and the fact that you are working <laughs> with kids? I know there's a lot of what? I know there's a lot of things that like come up with self-esteem issues and like just watching the media and feeling like down about yourself. How do mm -hmm. you approach that with, with children? Um, a lot of times well, I, I really use modeling of mistakes. Um, like I point out all the time that I'm wrong. Um, mm -hmm. like that, oh, hey, I really did this wrong. Um, I think the big turning point with me is I had I had a student just really going through high anxiety and shutting down and he was under a desk and like it was like the third time that week and I didn't know what to do and I just laid down on the floor and said, you know what, bud? I need help because I really want to help you and I don't know what to do. And that was like the huge turning point in that relationship with him of me just admitting that vulnerability and, and being like, I don't know. And sometimes I don't know those answers. And I think it works really well when I'm working with teachers. It works really well when I'm working with kids about there's, it's okay not to know and it's okay not to be okay. Um, and that mm. to me, I think that's where my own anxiety and self-confidence kind of gets in the way sometimes because as the school psychologist, when kids are having difficult behaviors, like they look at you like, oh, hey, okay, like they're, you know, they threw a shoe at my head today. What do you do? And I'm like, mm. it kind of depends. Like it depends on why they're throwing the shoe. Like give me more information, give me processing time. And that's one of the things I've learned in my own practice is I have to be really clear about like, I want to help you. 
I want to give you an answer. Give me time to think this over and I'll come come up with something because my first idea probably isn't going to be the right one. Right. Mm-hmm. I, love I think that that's you're vulnerable. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say that I love that you're being vulnerable with your kids. I think that's important because as you're young and you look to adults, you think they don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really great. And I, I love that that was the turning point for you and this child's relationship. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree because I think it's, it's so easy um, especially working with a lot of adults and a lot of adults when I was growing up, they, like you said, they were perfect, right? Like they, they made no mistakes. They would never admit to mistakes. Would, mm-hmm. Regardless of whether you knew that they were wrong or not, that conversation was never a productive one. Um, mm-hmm. So being able to look at a child with respect and say, you know what, I messed up or I'm wrong or I'm sorry. It's, it's, I think it's such a fundamental way to help them understand mm-hmm. that, you know, they're allowed to make mistakes and they're allowed to mess up. Absolutely. And especially, and especially in a school environment, which it's, it's such just like a, you know, there's so many people at the same place that you're seeing every day. And we've mm-hmm. had this conversation before, but you, you know, especially with social media, you just see a lot of the best side of a person. And mm-hmm. I feel like that deeply messes with my own confidence issues, right? Because all I see is this person being successful or being good, or they did well on the test. And it's like, why can't mm-hmm. I do all those things? You start comparing um, yourself. Yeah. Really all unhealthy. the time. And, yeah. and honestly, like, I'm here to say, like, I struggle with that weekly like it comes up weekly and I work so I work very closely this is the first time I've actually had a partner in my school of another mental health professional so for a long time like we're so understaffed like it's not unusual it's rare if you get a school by yourself like a school five days a week and you don't have to bounce between schools it's even rarer if you have more than one mental health person in a school And I'm lucky enough that I have um, a full-time social worker with me who has actually also ended up being one of my best friends. So, (laughs) um, yeah, just by luck, we live a block away from each other. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, (laughs) And I was so nervous because I'd never worked with anyone before, and I can be a little hard-headed and stubborn. Um, But it's really nice to have that person to bounce ideas off. off of yeah but it's also then sometimes hard when i see her being she's 10 years younger than me really early career and do all these things right when i feel like i'm messing up and i'm like why are you getting it right like why can't i be good (laughs) yeah so how do you start breaking that that negative self-talk because i feel like a lot of like at least from personal experience, a lot of my own, you know, self-confidence issues comes from this negative self-cycle that I tell myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Therefore, they are better than I am. Why can't I be good enough? I'm not. And it's just a cyclical cycle of yeah. just like of this negative negativity mm-hmm. that just furthers and festers. What's kind of the first step in starting to break that? Like if you have a student who you see is going through that same kind of cycle, what's kind mm-hmm. of the, the first step into just, you know, not doing it anymore? I think um... – Building that relationship is the most important thing between you and the student or or you and your coworkers. Um, really having that person or to do some of that reality checking CBT work with of like, this is the thought I'm having. Um, I know this is not a true thought. I, I've been really good at um, working with Audrey, my, my social worker, and being like, this is what my brain is telling me. I don't know if it, and and my statement is always is, I don't know if this is in my head or if this is real. Right. Okay. So, so help me challenge this thought uh, and then just teaching kids to do that too. But before you get, can get kids, cause that's really scary and really like, mm-hmm. that's really hard to admit that like, I might be having a thought that's not real. Right. Um, 
you really need to have that relationship with the students or your clients before you can get to that kind of deeper work. So creating that safe space and Mm -hmm. so they can feel comfortable enough to say, and I think that's kind of why we uh, more often tell our friends or mm-hmm. our, our coworkers, we our coworkers that we built a relationship with when yeah. we have those self doubts. So mm-hmm. I think that's really it's probably a little harder as an adult trying to come down to that level with mm-hmm. with a child, right? Because they'll always kind of see you as an authority figure. So mm-hmm. what's a way that you kind of get get down to that level so that they can talk to you in a way that's comfortable? Like how do you create that safe space for them? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do a lot of exploring what their interests are. And okay. I mean, even, even going so far as even if it's something like I'm not interested in, I had a kid once that was obsessed with Steven universe, which I know I really need to watch, but I haven't. It's so good. I know. <laughs> um, I'm really picky about like animation styles and that, that okay. style kind of like, eh, but I know the content is so good. It's kind of like my husband won't watch Avatar The Last Airbender because he doesn't like the way it looks. And it's it's my favorite I show. I totally get that. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, so so learning more about that or asking them more about that or, or you know, tell me, tell me why you think this is so great. And then building off that, um, I do a lot of work with um, Disney movies or videos so that mm. – First, we're not relating it to ourselves. We're relating it to the characters. So like what, you know, how is Elsa feeling? What would Elsa do differently? Mm, okay. um, right. We just we just had a whole conversation in Geek Therapeutics about Howl's Moving Castle and how we could use Howl and Sophie um, as like, did you make a problem bigger? Did you make a problem s- smaller? So I do a lot of that processing outside of yourself first, which again, I think is what's what D and D and that those role playing games are so good at mm-hmm. is that it's we're not talking about ourselves, which is hard, and we're not admitting our own weaknesses, which is hard. We're talking about those people, mm-hmm. right? I think. Oh my god, that's such a smart way to go about it. It really mm-hmm. is because I feel like when for for kids, it's very hard to talk about yourself because you're not really sure of your feelings and you're really afraid of being judged especially mm-hmm. when you're talking to an adult or saying the wrong thing, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and a lot of it comes from just your family environment and that whole idea that like you don't ask questions, you do what I tell you to do and you you can't fully really express yourself. I'm not saying all families are like that, but I I kind of grew up in a family where it was like just do what you're told without <laughs> question. You can't really ask why, and if you ask mm-hmm. why that's talking back, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's really amazing how you're approaching it and how Geek mm-hmm. Therapeutics is approaching it because yeah. I would really love for children to feel confident enough to have open dialogue with their elders that they're close to mm-hmm. because those are kind of our first relationships that we're building. And those are the relationships and ideas that we carry into our adulthood that we're yeah. trying to overcome and things like that. So I think you're mm-hmm. doing an amazing job just from what you're telling us and, mm-hmm. and the response that you're getting from your kids. And you can tell you're very passionate about it and you love your mm-hmm. job. And working as a teacher in South Korea and working with certain people who you could tell did not love their job and were not there mm-hmm. for the right reasons, like I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like 
And I just I'm actually say thank I'm you. actually really jealous that you guys got to go teach in South Korea before we moved. So my husband taught in Japan. He was okay. Uh, Amazing. He was yeah. Um, he worked for for one of the language companies in Japan. And um, before he was having a hard time finding his first teaching job because teaching jobs are hard to find, especially when you're a first year teacher. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before we found our jobs in Colorado. Um, we were talking about going back to Japan and just teaching in Japan again, too. And I think eventually that's that's what we want to do. I have a friend over in, in South Korea right now, too, um, who went over there. We worked together in my last school district, and, and she went over there to teach in South Korea. I don't think she's ever coming back. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, you know um, what? I would be interested in knowing what she thinks of the educational system there compared to the one in the U.S., because mm-hmm. it's very very different like you cannot be as open like the things you're talking about now Mm -hmm. are kind of unheard of over Mm -hmm. there so yeah I I mean I guess that'll be another another episode like another once you get over in Japan (laughs) this one's definitely running long so I want to get to the last segment because it's very important and we always ask our guests this is there a form of media a video game or anything that you kind of pick up that's gotten you through a tough time or one that you, you just go back to when you need to Mm de-stress or anything like that. Can you share that with our Mm -hmm. listeners? Well, my number one um, go back to game is Skyrim. Um, Okay. I've been playing Skyrim for, well, I don't know how many years has it been out? Like 20. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like it. it. Um, I have probably every copy of Skyrim because I just keep upgrading it. Right. Nice. Um, I don't know if I've ever finished it because of all the side quests, but like that's kind of my go-to game. Um, I also have a very specific, uh, this is so bizarre, but I have a very specific set of anime I watch depending on my mood. So like- That's not bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. Um, So if I'm like, if I just need something like silly and light- or I'm, I'm feeling kind of, I'm in a good space, but I need to turn off my brain for a while. Then I'm going like Dragon Ball. Nice. Um, <laughs> Classic. Um, if I need like a good school experience, I'll watch something like Azamangadayo or um, I, I, I burned through Cardcaptor Sakura this year and I want nice. to go back to it. Um, I love those little slice of life school anime. Um, I've been watching a place further than the universe the one where they go to antarctica oh okay. i keep hearing about that one i haven't yeah, started yet I've heard I such good things it it's super cute my other favorite one when i just kind of want slice of life i've been watching kakarillo bed and breakfast for spirits okay. um and it's it's a little super yeah it's a little supernatural and it's a little um slice of life and there's a lot of cooking in it and i love food so um that one's super fun to watch and nobody animates food the way the Japanese animate food. Like, no, you know, it's not real, but it gets you so hungry uh-huh. every time. Yeah. I, my, my little aside for that is my husband for Christmas bought me the Final Fantasy 14 cookbook. Um. <laughs> Darren and I have it as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the eggs, the, the Lanoskin eggs are fantastic. I made those over break. Nice. Um, <laughs> Um, so like, I really love food stuff anyway, but then if I'm really, really super stressed out, what I really want to watch is Mushishi. I love Mushishi. 
I've watched so it through good. like five times. Same. It's so good. And I think it's just, it's just so quiet. It's yes. so uniform. It's so calm. Um, and I love kind of like the folklore aspects of it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like if I'm that's always the last thing I watch before I go to sleep is just oh. an episode of Mushishi to just That's perfect actually. It's like meditation. <laughs> It's so good. I remember watching the second season and being like, are they going to tell us more about the main character? But they don't. You just kind of no. know a little bit about it. And you're not upset about it. You guys, If you guys haven't seen Mushishi, you should check it out. It is such a chill anime. It's mm-hmm. so good. But that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Before we go, Lindsay, if people wanted to find out more information about what you do or follow your social medias, can you give us some of that information at the end? We're going to put it down at the bottom so you guys can click on it. But yeah, like also because I really do want to like find a way to get more games to you for your kids. Mm -hmm. So and I'll start making a list for you this weekend and I'll email it over to you too. Okay, Um, perfect. um, I have an Instagram. I don't really use it. Use it. I should do more. Um, but the main way to get a hold of me on social media is Twitter. Um, I'm at MabelGirl3, M-A-B-L-E-G-R-L-3 um, on Twitter. Um, that's my main social media. I'm I'm there all the time. I respond all the time. Um, so you can find me there. Um, I'm going to be starting a blog about the D&D project with my fourth graders. That's my big project for this weekend. Um, coming up with a snappy title. So <laughs> tweet me any snappy titles too. All right. Titles are, not my, <laughs> titles are not my strong point. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. So I'll make sure I email that over to you too. Um, my email address is LF as in frog Grove, my last name, G-R-O-V-E one at Gmail. Um, and if you have questions or suggestions or ideas, you can always get a hold of me there. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that information with us and with our listeners. So guys, you heard that. And also, whenever she gives me that list, I will be putting that on all of our social media. So if you have any games that you feel like you want to donate or just you want to help out in some way, we are going to get this together. We're going to make it happen because I just think it's incredible. And if we can like put this like in more schools, that would be great as well. But Mm -hmm. This is going to be Burnout Friday and Lindsay signing off for today. Thank you guys for listening. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here and thank taking so time much. out of your day. It has been amazing talking to you. Oh, and please. I'll come back anytime. I feel please. like you guys are my new I best friends. I can't believe I didn't even <laughs> invite you back. Please. You're going to come back. We yeah. want you oh, back. Yeah. And we're going to talk more game stuff. Please, oh, yeah. Anime stuff. But- I'll, I'll, I'll brush up on my personas. So. Oh. Matt is going to be... Lindsay? Look at him. Don't get me started. We're going to be here all day. (laughs) But all right, guys. This is us saying bye, and please stay tuned. We're going to have more episodes. All right? Deuces! Bye! Everyone, we hope you have been enjoying Mental Health Power Up as much as we have. These conversations are incredibly important and we very much appreciate your time. But these conversations aren't the only thing that we're doing, Destiny. What is the second part to this? Guys, the second part is pretty baller. So 
we are going to be asking you guys to donate money and share the information about the podcast, but specifically about Guardians Mental Health. They're this great organization that uses geek culture, the things that we absolutely love, comics, gaming, video games, to kind of help people who are struggling mentally and Mm -hmm. in a therapeutic way. And they put together these kits that they send out and you don't have to pay for these kits. This is one of the most amazing things about what Mm -hmm. this organization is doing. They're sending out these kits, but obviously it takes money to print the materials, to get everything put together. And that's why we're raising money for them because we want to help them so that they can help more of you guys. And Matt has got some amazing details about what you can win if we reach certain tiers. That's right. You just need to donate to be entered. There is no amount that is too small or too large. Whatever you're able to do, $10 is what it costs to make these kits. So if you can do that, fantastic. If you could do absolutely anything, we would appreciate it. As we hit different stretch goals, we are going to be giving out different amazing gifts that we have for some amazing uh, people that we're working with. So please hop over to that link, take a look. If you can donate, please do so. And you might just win something cool for yourself as well. Because again, every little bit can make a difference in someone's life. So we thank you for taking the time to do so. If you can, if you can't, Destiny, if somebody can't donate, what's else? what else can they do to help? They can just share the information, share it mm-hmm. to your social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you have like a, a place that you like to interact with people online, share that information. And, and one of the things that I wanted to say, and I know Matt and Darren feel the same way, is we just want to thank you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Because for each one of you that shares or donates, I'm, I'm just going to say it prematurely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is so mm-hmm. important to us. And it's important to our listeners. And it's one of the main reasons why we even started the podcast. Like, not only was it about gaming, but mental health has definitely been a strong core that uh, we've mm-hmm. always wanted to talk about. So this is our first time doing it. We're super excited. We hope you're excited. And yeah, donate, share the information, win some prizes. But most of all, just do it from the bottom of your heart. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like the prizes are just kind of like icing on top of the cake. Exactly. So please be there for one another. Help us reach other people who might need to hear some of this because we know how much it's helped us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like Destiny said, we'll see you on the next one, everybody. All the links will be in the show notes below. Check it out. Bye. Bye.